not going down just because of something some stupid adults are doing. Mobile suits. Monday, Monday. Camille's a man's name, and I'm a man! Uh, no carrots, please. Mobile suit? Roger that. Mobile suit. Mobile suit. Change. Although all enemies were defeated, Earth did not change one bit! The commander! <laughs> He's lost it! <laughs> every other day, every other day, every other day of the week is fine! You're a soldier here, aren't you? If you want to be more than just a grunt, you better learn to see the whole picture. Uh, yes, yes, sir. I'm the enemy, you idiot! Miss Matilda! Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Fanholes Mobile Suit Mondays. Hey guys, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC, and we're going to be talking once again about some build fighters tonight. But before we start, I want to have everybody give a shout out from my fellow Fanholes who are here with me tonight. Give a shout out, guys. Hey, it's Mike, and don't use Gumpla for foolish things. Hey, this is Tony. I would say something witty, but I'm, you know, slowly dying, so. It's okay. We're, 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 you're in our thoughts. Everybody wish Tony good thoughts so his head doesn't feel like concrete for, you know, by the time you're listening to this, he'll be better again. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> All right. So so we are we are talking some build fighters tonight. We're talking about episode 16 titled, Dad, We Meet Again? So that's the episode we're talking about, and of course it opens with Sai meeting his dad, Takashi. Of course, it's a little weird. It's it's kind of odd because the the sequence basically turns into like the Gundam Nutcracker with all these little Gundam models that are dancing around and everything. And at this point, you're you're pretty clear that this is a dream sequence, and it's kind of how. Sai envisions the perfect reunion with his father, you know, how that how that reunion should go. You know, the father is congratulating his son on making it into the top 16 fighters of the world tournament, and then the son is congratulating his father on completing his world tour promoting Gunpla. But I was just going to ask my fellow fanholes, there are quite a few Easter eggs in this dream sequence, so I just wanted to see, did you guys notice any of them? I I noticed that like the the pl place he imagines meeting his father is like the same place that like Amaro Ray like was reunited with his father like late in the original series like yeah uh, that, that is, little uh, apartment or whatever he was living in yeah apparently that's episode thirty three but I was too lazy to look up whether it's like the American episode thirty three or the Japanese episode thirty three. Because they have that one missing episode, so it might it might throw off the the numbering. 
Well, I noticed that, like, all the, uh, you were talking about, like, these Gunpla models, like, dancing around them. Every single one of them was from the original Mobisuit Gundam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, like, Zaku's, and basically when they when they have this dream sequence, it's kind of this funny thing where they have, like, stars in their eyes, and they're flying through the sky together, kind of like Lois Lane and Superman or whatever, and when they fly off into a, a constellation, you can actually see the RX-78 Gundam's face, and it kind of looks like the promotional poster for, for Mobile Suit Gundam, or like the kind of painted art you'd see on a lot of the original soundtracks and things like that. That's all I noticed. I don't know. Did you did you see something me and Mike missed, Derek? Just just what I was talking about, like the constellation and everything. Obviously, what Mike said is accurate. There's the sequence where they're, you know, it, it's Amuro when he meets up with his father, Tem Ray, and that, that whole apartment complex, even the stairwell that he goes up is kind of, you know, it's it's one of those, like that part is kind of like a shot for shot, like re- reenactment, you know, but instead of having Amuro, you know, running up the stairwell, it's Sai running up the stairwell, and then Takashi Lori is the one who answers the door as opposed to Tem Ray, so... Yeah. That's. I, mean, yeah, that's I was gonna. Much. I was gonna say. Does that mean that like Zay's uh, father is like suffering from like oxygen deprivation or something? <laughs> like it was like. I've been living here lately. You see, I want you to install this in the Gundam's memory circuit. I developed it using the circuit of a Zeon mobile suit as a model. It's a piece of junk. He must have brain damage from the lack of oxygen. You'll be amazed. It'll increase the Gundam's combat ability several times over. Here, take it. Install this and test it right away. Sure, but what about you, Dad? I have a lot of research to finish. However, I'll be in touch again. Now hurry up and go. Right. <laughs> Same, I thought he, I I thought he was gonna. I thought he was like gonna take a header off those stairs or something. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so actually, Sai wakes up in his uh, hostel room, I guess I'm going to call it, from his dream. And, and of course, he's realizing, oh, I was just dreaming. And he's wondering, you know, hmm, I wonder where my dad actually is. And hopefully we're going to get the answer to that question later on in the episode. But then we cut to Gunpla Idol Kirara, who is continuing to host and provide commentary on the 7th World Tournament. It is day 10 and she's telling us that the qualifiers are done and that there are 16 teams that have been picked to go to the finals. So we get some nice little gym shooter exposition in case, you know, you're in a box and you haven't watched the last couple episodes, or even if you just haven't seen it in a while and you want a, a big, you know, kind of recap of, of where we are in terms of the Seventh World Tournament. And so three days from now, the actual finals are going to begin, and Gunpla Idol Kirara is interviewing the champion of Germany, Rainer Sizomer, who is basically one of the guys who didn't make it to the finals. And then as that's going on, it's kind of a transition to Miss Rinko Lori because she's got the TV on in the background. And we can see the Gunpla Idol is carrying on her interview in the background. And Miss Rinko Lori is just busy packing snacks in the kitchen. And I was just curious, again, did you guys notice what Miss Rinko Lori was humming in the background while she's busy packing snacks for Reiji inside? Oh, gosh. 
Was it? Was it? She's she's actually she's actually humming the theme song for Gundam Seed. So she's like uh, singing. She's she's humming Invoke in the background. Is basically. Uh, I didn't notice on. that. That's so cool. yeah, yeah. So she's humming that to herself. <laughs> And then I guess I guess that's caused, so sort of a, a tie-in too because the apparently the voice actress for Miss Rinko Laurie is also let me see I wrote it down here somewhere she's the same voice actress who plays where is it uh, I guess I jumped ahead but I'm just oh, trying uh, to Captain Ramius or yeah the... yeah so she she plays the same actress so maybe there's I think that. I, I remember reading that somewhere yeah. Yeah, so so there's that tie-in as well. But but meanwhile, in the background on the TV, the interview takes kind of a funny turn because Zomer predicts that Ricardo Fellini is going to lose his match, and he's like basically telling Gunpla Idol Kirara, like, you must have really bad taste to be into a guy who's a loser. And, like, Kirara is trying to, like, retain her professional composure, but, like, as as it cuts back and forth between Miss Rinko Laurie packing snacks for Reiji and Sai and getting ready to meet them at the seventh world tournament. Like you can see she's getting more and more irritated. And then like, as it, it kind of cuts to, well, it's not really off camera, but they cut back to, you know, the, the home of Miss Rinko Lori, but you can hear in the background, like she's choking him out like a bitch. Cause she's like, <laughs> she lost it. You know, she's like, you shut up. <laughs> Which so. was cute. You know? Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, she's sticking up for her man, you know, man who chases after underage tail, you know, because that's how, how it goes. Her, her alcoholic, womanizing man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and then, and then, of course, having a dream sequence is not limited to Psy in this episode. You know, Miss Rinko Laurie is having her own dream sequence where she's envisioning being interviewed by scores of reporters because Sai and Reiji made it to the finals. And what's interesting is the there, there's a, a number of reporters where there are little nods to, like, previous series. Like, did you notice anybody in the background there? Oh, yeah. Guys? What's her name? The girl from Turn A I recognized. and then Yeah, that's uh, Frandall. So yeah, she's in the and, background uh, there. Wasn't, wasn't a Saji's sister from Double O? Yeah, too, it's yeah. weird. Like, she she's in the background, too. It looked like her hair was, like, it's like her character model, but, like, they changed her hair color or something like that. And then also from Double O, there was a guy named Akita who was, like, the, I think on Double O, he was, like, the... The JNN news correspondent, oh, that's which right. is kind yeah. of kind of apropos because he's one of the you know fantasy interviewers that's you know pushing the mic into Miss Rinko Laurie's face and everything like that. Miss Rinko Laurie basically you know kind of is not phased by her dream sequence, but she she basically packs up and she locks up the Gunpla model shop and she's headed out to the world tournament. And we cut back to the hostile area in the Gunpla World Tournament, and Reiji is still apologizing to Sai about all the damage that was done to the star build strike from last episode. And, you know, Sai's like, look, it couldn't be helped, man. Like, it was, a, you know, an awesome fight and battle. And he says not to worry about it because China or Kusaka and Mr. Rawl are coming by to help him out with the Gunpla damage repair. And Reiji kind of gets all excited, and he's like, well, I can help, too. And so I was like, dude, you can't help. Like, you've never even 
built a Gunpla before. So then the two of them kind of get into this fight where they're, you know, pushing the, the, the damaged model back and forth between their arms, and they're struggling over it, and the end result is they end up popping off the head of the model. And, of course, when it falls to the floor, Sai is appalled, and he's like, you know, don't bother me, kid, you'll get in my way, like, leave me alone, you know? And, and so Reiji kind of gets the hint, and he storms off and everything. And then we get another sequence a little while later where Kosaka is telling him, you know, you guys shouldn't fight. Uh, but Mr. Rawl brings it up as a positive, maybe, that Reiji will want to learn how to build Gunpla now, as opposed to just sort of, you know, having his head in the sand about how that process goes. Meanwhile, Isla is partaking in an ice cream cone. That's got to be... Which is uh, in no oh. way phallic at all. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to go down that road, Tony. But I, I was thinking this ice cream cone's got to be made of the same kind of stuff that was used in the $5 milkshake from Pulp Fiction because one lick of that ice cream cone, and she's like, that's pretty fucking good. Like, so, so yeah, she, it, it yeah, must yeah. be a really, a really good ice cream cone. And she's attributing the, the excellence of the food due to it being of Japanese origin. Yeah, it's so. a wonderful exotic Japan. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess this is this is kind of more of a personal kind of question, but have you guys ever eaten any exotic, exquisite, wonderful Japanese food? I've I've been to a Japanese like restaurant before, and I don't know about like if I had the reaction she had, but uh, Japanese food is pretty good. I, I I've enjoyed what I've what I've partaken in. Yeah, I, I enjoy yeah. it. But. You know, I don't know. I don't know that I quantify. Like, I, I wonder what the difference. I wonder if there is a difference if you go to Japan and have an ice cream cone like she had, or if that's just sort of a random thing. Because I would imagine ice cream would be the same no matter where you went. But I mean, whether you know, obviously there's good ice cream and maybe not so good ice cream. But I, I can't imagine like you know nationalistic ice cream. But yeah, that's yeah. Just, oh, I, I do like Pocky. Pocky is good. There you go. So basically, in the middle of that, Isla has this brief moment where she notices a mother and a child, and you have this like really, like almost a blink of a flashback where you kind of get the idea that she was both motherless and kind of maybe homeless because she's like sleeping alone on a bench. And then she sees Reiji out of the corner of her eye, and she decides she's going to keep eating her ice cream. It, that's what it looks like to me anyway. But Reiji is actually headed to a Gunpla hobby shop, and his intent is he's going to prove Sai wrong. He's going he's gonna to build a model all by himself, and he's going to show Sai like he should have taken his offer to help out with repairing the damage. So I was just going to say to both you guys, like I know obviously I don't qualify. I'm not a model builder or anything like that, but I was thinking maybe I'd put you guys on the spot and ask both of you, because I know you both have modeling experience, so w which one of you guys do you think would be the better Gunpla model builder? Is it going to be Mike or Tony? I, uh -huh. I think Tony would be. Like, I like I just kind of, like, straight build, what they call straight build it, which is just, you know, build it straight from the instructions, and then that's the end of it. Like, put the stickers on, and then that's it. Like, I'm not going to, I don't use paint or anything. I know Tony's done more than that, so I'd say Tony probably. Tony's gonna bust out like the markers for the detailing. And yeah, the, the I, I actually do have official Gundam markers, and I actually do Sweet. have the the I actually do have 
My own special pair of snips just to get the sprues off. Yeah, special <laughs> snips. Cool. All so right. I, know, cool. I just I just tear them out of the runner and like, come on, you're, fit on. You're, you're like you're like the strict uh, follow the instructions guy, but no other no other detailing type stuff. Exactly. Well, okay. you know, well, people have to understand. I may be a lovable goofball on the fan holes, but when I take the top of a box off a Gundam model, it becomes very serious business. Serious <laughs> business. Do you, do you do we have to like, real. if you if you if you take the top off of a model box, do me and me and Mike have to sit here and go like, sir, yes, sir, uh, sir, uh, yes, sir? I would expect nothing less. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. So, Reiji is overwhelmed by all the different choices of model that's at the shop, and he's commenting on how there's so many Zakus and everything, and actually, even though it looked like Isla was just going to keep on eating her ice cream and not really care about Reiji, we can see that Isla's actually kind of been stalking Reiji as she finishes munching on her on her ice cream cone. And Reiji's kind of all confused, and he actually picks up Lala Soon's mobile suit armor model, but he's kind of like, is this a mobile suit? Like, who's Lala Soon? Like, he he doesn't know all the the awesome OG Gundam history, so he's yeah, kind of like, say, we haven't really touched on that. Like, Reiji pretty much just pilots by natural ability. He is really not like a huge Gundam fan at all. <laughs> yeah, so he doesn't he doesn't know any of that. So so, and I guess Luckily, to uh, I was going to say, luckily he has his Pokedex, like say, like with him, yeah. So yeah, yeah. so say can say can always fill him in on whoever the you know the, what the history is and everything. But when he's on his own, he's kind of he's kind of like a noob, like he's not really sure who this character is or what's going on. And luckily for him, a bearded man, who I'm just going to spoil it now, is clearly Sai's dad. They, 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 make, they like, make little to no like like even you know attempt to try to hide who it is well it's not it's not like it's a clever disguise it's a bearded man he basically looks like homeless namor before he returned <laughs> to marvel comics like he's kind of got like this this green jacket and this scruffy looking beard and everything and basically this this you know bearded size dad and bearded disguise basically like homeless homeless looking size dad basically is like, dude, Reiji, like, my young man, there is an entire story behind this character in Mobile Suit. And he's like, and and, and he's all fascinated, and he's kind of got these, like, stars in his eyes of, like, exhilaration, where he's like, this is your first time picking out a model? And he's like, I will help you pick out a model. And Reiji's kind of like, come on, old man, like, what do you... what?" I, what, what are you doing? And he's like, no, no, I'm going to pick it out and everything. So he's going to pick out this model despite Reiji protesting. And he picks out this model called the Beginning G. And then he proceeds to give the entire story breakdown behind it, which I, I was going to ask you guys because I'm not really sure. But is that like a real story or did they just make that up because they needed to sell models like? Because I, I don't know the story behind it. Like, there, I, he, he obviously describes it, but I'm not familiar with it. There is, like, a... I, I don't know how long it was. I think it was just, like, a, a few-episode OVA called... Yeah, like, like sort of a precursor to Build Fighters called... Okay. Uh, I forgot what it was called, but that... Yeah, that's the main Gundam from it, where it's, like, you know, it's a competition of building, like, Gumpla models and stuff. Okay, so, but but that's basically another story within the build fighter universe that is something that all those 
characters have probably seen, so he basically goes, like, blow by blow into, like, what that mobile suit is and what its story is and everything. And then, of course, Isla now is kind of getting a little pissy, because I guess, I, I, I don't know how to categorize this, but I guess she's being pussy-blocked, like, I don't know... I don't know what's what's going on because she's obviously like she's she's stalking Ragey and it looked like she was going to try to, you know, kind of have another one of these these pseudo dates with him. But yeah, she one, can't one now because, yeah. be, because because homeless bearded sized dad that looks like Namor. Like, <laughs> is basically, yeah, I was just going to say before you go any further, like I, 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 I'm just thinking that like Ragey's going to be like, oh, man, like I'll get you a haircut, dude. And like he gets a flamethrower and just like <laughs> sits it in his face. Ragey is the fiery young man of Japan, right? So yep. so that kind of fits, right? And then you, you'd think like, you know, Isla would be all pissed off and everything, but it turns out he also notices her from the corner of his eye, and he's like, oh, you've never built a Gunpla model either, have you? And she's kind of like, no. And she's like, I will pick out one for you as well. And he's like, basically, he hands her this Gunpla model kit for the Command Gundam. And then he, they're both kind of like, well, we don't really know how to build these. And he's like, I will teach you. I, I think we should you mention know? that the, the Command Gundam model kit he gives her is an SD version. <laughs> yes, it is an SD version. And and now that he's basically offered to teach them how to build Gunpla, he basically turns from, like, a goofy fanboy into, like, this military-grade instructor, where he's now he's now he's Sergeant Slaughter all of a sudden, which is what we were hinting at earlier, where Tony would make us shout out, like, Sir, yes, sir, because he's got the kids, like, basically, they're, they're like, kind of chatting amongst themselves and not really taking him seriously, and and he is deathly serious, so he's like you. He's like, what are you guys talking about? You don't have anything to say except for sir, yes, sir. You know, and they're like, sir, yes, sir. So you know, and uh, he, he's basically kind of going through the basics of of model building. You know, like like take take the lid off the box, look at the instructions. You know, you've only got a minute to look at the instructions, and Ridge is like, what? I only can look at it for a minute, and he's like, sir, yes, sir. You know, like basically, and and so you know you've got you know okay you got your tools you know you got your nippers you know just like Tony mentioned he's got his his specific set of nippers you know and 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 so too does does homeless bearded sized dad and and he's actually got two sets of nippers which he bestows upon Isla and Ragey and he's basically kind of going through like I said the basics you know you pull out these little trays and these little kind of I guess what you what would you call them like grates with all the parts in them, you know, and that's where think, you use the. I think tree. the technical term is runners. Yeah. Oh, runners, right? So he so he has them go through all the runners and. And he, you know, he it's time for then, right, Derek? What what is it time for then? Montage, montage. Yeah, well, they're they're showing how they they you know you know, basically nip at all the different parts and how when you're, when you're going to do that, like oftentimes, you know, the, you're going to have leftover part that you don't want and how it's okay to, again, you know, re-nip those parts like closer to the edges if you want and everything. And of course I was laughing at this part because 
I am so Ragey's inability to put on eye stickers. Like, that's me <laughs> with the shaky hand where yeah, he's I like, oh, I can't too. put it on the fucking stickers. And it's the fucking eyes. Like, I, I was getting, like, flashbacks of trying to put on <laughs> fucking like Thundercrackers, <laughs> Thundercrackers little gold eye stickers where I'm like, oh, my God. Now, I was going to ask you guys this because apparently the super secret to putting on stickers is using the cotton swab where supposedly you're supposed to rub it on with a cotton swab. Now I was going to ask you guys, do you guys use that method? And I don't even get how that method works. Like exactly. Like I get that, like instead of using your fingers, you'd use the cotton swab, but don't you have to like sort of put it in place before you rub it down? Like, so I, 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 I don't know. Like, yeah, well, if you saw when uh, Ragey was putting down his eye sticker, I know Mike to- told me that he does this kind of method too. He was using tweezers to place it. Okay. Yeah, but even that's like not very precise because you know, like you 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 get it down and then you've got the like very tip of it on the tweezer and you're like, okay, get off the tweezer now! Like, come on! Like, yeah, yeah. Well, that that's kind of what I wondered about because it's like, okay, you put it down with the tweezer, but then you can't get it off. And I was like, well, shit! If it's a cotton swab, I'm all I can just if I did something with a cotton swab, I'm like, well, one, how do you how do you keep it on the cotton swab if you don't put it on the sticky end? And if you do put it on the sticky end, then you've got all these little bits of cotton on the eye stickers. I'm like, that just seems like it's a recipe for disaster. Unless like maybe the cotton swab is like a little damp or something like that i don't but i don't i don't know exactly how that works i think the 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 method he was trying to uh instruct i could be wrong because i don't use this method myself i just use my finger and press real hard i'm sorry i may be better than mike but i may not be a gunpla master i think since the cotton the, the cotton swab is obviously soft on the end when you're using it to push down the sticker there's like less of a chance of it peeling up or it might get it flatter without you know, rubbing it and making creases, maybe. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, what I find that usually happens to me with stickers is I, I try to precision place it, but sometimes I'm not happy with the placement, and by then it's, like, too late, you know, like, where you're like, oh, well, it's already sort of placed, so it's already stuck on there, you know. It's not like you get a chance to, like, refine your placement because of the sticky material, I've actually become rather adept at stickers for some reason. When I was a kid, I used to, I had like Star Wars toys, and stickers were really everywhere. Like Luke Skywalker's X-wing looked like you know a friggin' four year old with you know <laughs> like ADHD put the stickers on. Yeah, but like, but I've gotten pretty good at it, and my my I'm actually not too bad at the eye sticker. I'm very meticulous about it, because if you fuck up the eye sticker, the whole face looks, like, you know, derpy, you know? It's like, I'm again dumb, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm basically now I'm getting flashbacks of the last couple sticker experiences I've had, and, and they didn't all go great, but, I mean, they, they were okay. Like, I, I have those Me World play sets and everything, so there's lots of decal application there when you put the, you know, logos on either the the little cups of, of beverages or on the the sort of counter stands and things like that. So I wasn't like super happy about it, but I mean, they, they it got done. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. St- st- and I, I did not use any way. cotton swabs. I think I used the, the Tony method, you know, I kind of eyeballed it and then I placed it down with the finger and everything. So, 
yeah, stickers suck. I, I, I'm not a fan of stickers. <laughs> so I guess basically, like, without going into our own personal model building and decal application history any longer, the two finally finished building their first models, and, of course, homeless bearded size dad is impressed, and he can't believe that this is their first time model building because they, they actually turn out pretty good. And then we cut to Chairman Mashida, and he's in this long-ass gold limousine, and he's talking to Miss Baker about coming up with a new plan, conceivably to, you know, cause trouble for our heroes. And I guess this apparently is a nod to the limousine from Gundam Wing that Dorothy Catalonia uses. That's what that's supposed to be a callback to. Nobody in their right mind would want to just hand over the kingdom to such foolish barbarians, so I uh, wonder what you do in that case. I don't believe there are any foolish people living in this world. People can reach an understanding by talking things over, and I believe that discussions will bring peace to all people. Miss Relina, I'm a foolish person myself. I love wars. I really do. And in the background, Niels Nielsen, Little Batman, Samurai Boy, Bat Genius, and his, his Metal Gear Solid outfit, I guess, is, is now on the case. And he's busy trying to break into the PPSE factory, and he's kind of trying to determine, like, you know, I, he's like, I could get Chummy Chummy with Majin Kawaguchi, but that's going to take too long. So uh, I need to find some way to break into this factory now. But... In the midst of all this espionage and secret, super serious business, he overhears Miss Baker, and she's arguing on the phone with the gentleman who we know as Codename C. And it sounds like she's saying, well, it's not going to do any good if you if you try to mess them up outside of the tournament. Like, we need you to make them look stupid in the tournament. But it seems like he's bound and determined to do this sometime soon. He's going rogue. Even though Miss Baker is, is arguing with him over it. And creepily, it looks like Codename C's been watching Reiji and Isla model build this whole time, because he's almost like right outside the hobby shop looking at them through the window. And they're now using, as, as Tony likes to do, they're using like markers and, and even, I guess, spray paint cans to, to touch up their their final little customizations on these newly built models. And even Reiji is finally starting to notice that this old man is reminding him of someone. So, uh, yeah, I guess he hasn't placed it that it's size dad yet, but but he's kind of like, hey, this guy's got the same kind of enthusiasm that reminds me of somebody, but he can't quite place who. And, of course, at that point, we cut back to size repair progress, and there's this kind of funny, awkward moment where China's basically like, hey, it doesn't matter if you don't finish tonight because you've got another day to repair. But it, she's basically offering, like, I will even stay the night to help you finish repairs. And, of course, then they both get embarrassed and red-faced because, you know, he's a guy and she's a girl and she's offering to stay the night. So they get all embarrassed and red-faced. But then, of course, that idea is quickly squashed by Mr. Rawl, whose eyes get like thunder, starry lightning eyes or whatever. And he's like, I will take, <laughs> you know, he's like, I must take her home for the night or whatever. Yeah, so, like, yes, of course. He even drops his drink. <laughs> it's kind of funny because it's kind of like Mr. Rawl's out there promoting like abstinence and, and, and 
young ladies avoiding child pregnancy with a mere look. You know, that's that's what he's about. So yeah. he's like, I will take this young lady home, and there will be no funny business overnight. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> Super uh, chaperone, Mr. Rao. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's he's very like, it's very dramatic, you know. He's like Gumpla, the ultimate birth control. Yes, exactly. So we cut back to the first time model builders. So Reiji's there, and he he's basically like, okay, we built it, but now let's let's test it out. Like let's let's fight with these models. And Isla's kind of like. I've never actually done anything like Gunpla Battle before. So typical woman, she's lying. And, <laughs> you know, you can send all your hate mail to Derek at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. But, yeah, she's totally lying. She's like, I've, I've never actually fought in a mobile suit battle before. <laughs> What's a but, Gunpla? <laughs> you know, but homeless, homeless, bearded, sized dad basically is suggesting, hey, you know, it's no big deal. Like, you don't have to fight against one another. He's like, you can just, you know, play against the computer on this, this, you know, Gunpla, you know, battle tournament or whatever. And so Reiji's like, okay, cool, let's do that. And when he starts fighting against the computer, it actually turns out that the nefarious codename C has infiltrated the battle system. And even Sai's dad is like, hey, you know, it's kind of weird that there's, like, this well-customized suit in the computer system. Like, you'd think it'd just be, like, a basic suit that, like, any old person would know from, you know, the shows. But this, this is, of course, the customized Zeong with legs and has all these claws and everything. And even even Reiji's kind of like, this, this kind of looks familiar. I remember this suit fucking with us in, in the tournament. As the suit starts to attack him, he, Reiji kind of has this weird moment of clarity where he's noting how hard he worked to build that gunpla just now and, and kind of how he feels when it's attacked, you know, because the suit might be destroyed. So he, he's kind of basically understanding this sense of proprietorship he feels towards this newly built model and and he's noting, like, this is how Psy must feel every time, like, they go into battle with one of his models. And he's kind of thinking to himself, well, I only just spent a couple hours building this suit, but Psy, sometimes he spends days or weeks building a suit. So, so he, he's noting, like, even though he feels this strong sense of propriety to this suit he spent a few hours building... It's like, well, Psy must feel it magnified times a gabillion because he spends, like, weeks building these suits and everything. So, you know, we're, we're all, you know, noting this through, through the battle and everything, and Psy's dad basically is calling upon his vast knowledge of OG Mobile Suit Gundam, and he's basically saying, well, hey, you know, Amuro's strategy was just to do a, a full frontal assault on the Zeong, so you can try that, Reiji. But, of course, Sai forgot that the Zeong is customized, and the Zeong that Char Aznable was using didn't actually have legs, and this one has legs, so he can actually stop the full frontal assault. And, of course, Reiji's like, you're a liar, you fucked me up, and everything. <laughs> but, pulling Reiji's fat out of the fire comes Isla Jerkyanin in her Command Gundam SD style. So she basically, like, shoots him out of the clutches of the customized Zeong of Codename C, 
And they let the Zeong arms basically take out one another. Like, they're kind of back-to-back, and then they move out at the last minute, and the two arms blow up and everything. And now Reiji and Isla are basically going to focus on attacking the body. And, of course, they skewer him from both ends. And now Reiji and Isla are doing the fuck you, Dylan, like bro shake now in triumphant <laughs> victory because they've totally owned Codename C's Gunpla model, which I, I don't think they actually realized what was going on. I think they just think they they had a match against the computer. Yeah. And Isla yeah. kind of has a, a bit of a slip, like, because she, I think she says something to the effect of, like, of course, like, I you know, I helped you win, like, because I do this all the time, and and he's like, you do this all the time, really, like, you know, you, before you said that you've never done this before, and then she's like, oh, yes, well, I learned it by watching you, you know, like, I just, I just, I just learned it, just now. Timmy, yeah. where'd you learn how to do gunpla? I learned it by watching you! <laughs> I, I learned it by watching you, all right, Dad? Yeah, exactly. I learned Gunpla by watching you. So, yeah, nice 80s reference for all our 80s listeners. And Sai's dad disappears at that moment. They're kind of like, hey, where did Homeless Bearded Namor dude go? And it turns out Homeless Bearded Namor is there to confront Codename C coming out of the bathroom. And this is something you guys may or may not have caught, but since I'm a big Cutie Honey fan, basically the way he introduces himself is kind of a nod to Cutie Honey. Because he, you know, he says, like, you know, he basically introduces himself. It's like, you know, Code Names, he's like, who the fuck are you? And he says, like, sometimes he's the owner of a back alley model store. And sometimes he's a Gunpla fan, traveling around the world to promote Gunpla. But his true self is... International Gunpla Battle Official Referee, Takashi Lori, you know, and he rips off his fake homeless man beard and his fake homeless man jacket and everything, and now he's got his badge and he's basically arresting Codename C, but that's basically how Cutie Honey would introduce herself, you know, she's like, sometimes I'm a race car driver, sometimes I'm a glamorous model, sometimes I'm a beggar, but my true identity is none other than the warrior of love. Cutie honey. Sometimes I'm a high-flying hurricane rider. Sometimes I'm a knight in gleaming white armor. Sometimes I'm a beautiful golden statue. However, the truth is... basically arrests Codename C. Codename C tries to make a run for it, and he gets tripped into the urinal, and that's the end of Codename C. So, so much for the Gunpla Mafia, because, you know, I don't know if that's going to come back to bite them, or if if not, but but it doesn't seem like he's he's going to be much of a threat moving forward. Reiji basically runs back to show off his newly built Gunpla model to Sai, Mr. Rawl, in China, And they are actually, you know, they're pretty impressed. They say, hey, this is a pretty great model. Did you build this all by yourself? 
And Reiji's kind of like, well, I, I did kind of have some help from some crazy bearded homeless Namor looking guy. <laughs> and they're like, oh, really? And 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 he's like, yeah, he, he gave me these like, you know, special nippers to use. And and when he pulls out the nippers, basically in the dream sequence, like one of the, you know, awesome things that was supposed to happen upon their reunion was that Sai was supposed to get these awesome gunpla nippers from his father and everything and there they are in Reiji's hands and he basically recognizes them as belonging to his father but he kind of keeps it to himself he's kind of like oh that's my oh yeah okay but I mean you kind of get the idea like basically you know his father's monologuing that he's been watching him and sort of watching over him as well as all the gunpla fighters as this international gunpla battle official referee, you know, and I guess that's his cover is that he's off promoting gunpla, but it, it seems like now knowing this information as, as a member of the audience, having this revealed, I feel like retroactively now he's kind of more, there, there's more noble reasons for his absence from Rinko Lori's life and, and size life, you know, like basically he, you know, he he's doing fighting the good fight or whatever. Yeah, so and like, um, hey, kids, models are cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, it's not it's not quite as bad as uh, you know Goku running off to you know fight with Oob or you know stuff like that. It seems like there's a, a little more noble reason for for him, you know, kind of being like this undercover like secret agent guy. You know, basically kind of rooting out any cheaters in in the seventh. <laughs> Gunpla Battle World Tournament. I, you know, the episode basically ends with Sai pledging to his dad and his dad's nippers that you know he's going to do his best. You know, and then we get the the credits and then the after credits, which is kind of a funny sequence where you know Lori Rinko finally arrives. You know, she was packing at the beginning of the episode and everything, and there's some funny interactions with Sai and Reiji and everything, but it turns out that poor Takashi actually went back to the model shop to see his wife, but all he comes home to is a closed store. And he's like, why? Why? You know, and that's kind of how the episode ends, kind of a funny, almost Brock Pokemon level ending for for the International Gunpla Battle official referee. No, you know? no nookie for Takashi. No nookie. No nookie. <sighs> have to wait till the next yeah. tournament. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. But yeah, that's that's the end of the episode. I mean, do you guys have any final thoughts on the episode? Did you enjoy the episode? Very much so. Yeah, I, I, my, I think my favorite part is what I said. Like when we made our introductions, was when he like kind of knocks Codename C out and like knocks him into the urinal, and he's like, <laughs> "Don't use Gumbla for foolish things." Like, yeah, it's like it, I expect. It's almost like he was like saying, "Like you're all washed up" or something like. That. Well, you you know you know it's you know Gumbla's serious business when there's a whole like internal affairs division for the tournament. You know, basically, and then his dad is like one of the the high ranking members of it. So, looks like I just flushed your plans down the drain. <laughs> yeah, code name C for crap. <laughs> wow. I think you'll have to change your name to code name P now. <laughs> How about you, Tony? You got any any last words on on the episode? I, I think it was a really fun character episode. We didn't really get any ragey backstory, really, as such. We did get some 
kind of say backstory with his dad. You know, we actually learned what happened to his dad, so that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. We, we we got a little bit of character, like brief moments with with Isla. Like you, you get a little more hints of who she is and where yeah. she came from. You yeah, know? the bench sleeping thing. Yeah, and of course we get our ever ever blossoming romance between her and Reiji. Yeah, and, yeah. And I will say this, and this is not a negative thing because they did it in a very entertaining way. But you know, many many uh, people said toy based cartoons in the eighties were very like driven to sell toys. For like about ten minutes, they were really selling some damn Gundam models. Oh yeah, yeah. But like when they're in the hobby shop and like you see the whole the whole aisle of of different models and everything, and this is how you do it. And yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. totally yeah. selling the, I liked, the models. I liked Reiji's like observation, like man, how many of these Zaku things are there? Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> like holy crap, dude! Like there are quite a lot. So yeah. And, and, you know, actually, I, I know some people get annoyed when they do stuff like this in different shows, other kind of shows. But I think it was actually kind of nice to have an episode where Psy was actually not really in it that much. I think that was kind of cool. Yeah, I, I think it was kind of interesting that that's how Reiji first meets Psy's father, too, sort of in a a unbeknownst-to-him capacity. Like, that's kind of a cool way. And, and it definitely seems like he, you know, Size father, you know, Takashi definitely knows who who those kids were. Like, he was just looking out for them, you know? Yeah, yeah, he was definitely playing dumb, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was very cool. Yeah, thumbs up. I, I have yet to see an episode of this series that I've, like, hated or anything. So, yeah, it just the hits just keep on coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is great stuff. All right, guys, well, thanks for listening to another episode of Mobile Suit Mondays. If you, again, have any comments, questions, concerns, if you want to send me some, some hate mail for my, my misogynistic comments, please send them to fanholspodcast at gmail.com. We are on Stitcher Radio, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we are on iTunes, Tumblr, so, you know, again, we appreciate all the likes and comments and all the support we get from our listeners, and until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, Warrior of Love, signing off. This is Mike Misogyny. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) This is Tony... And it looks like he just wiped Codename C out. <laughs> <laughs>like she should have been writing in her blog like and I've come up with a name for this guy Fasto (laughs) (laughs) Fasto than you (laughs) he reminds me of like an old school actor from Hollywood so I want to call him Speed McQueen (laughs) maybe if I can get him an endorsement deal we can call him Nestle Quick (laughs) (laughs) Iris, you're not going to write about Nestle Quick anymore. You're going to write about me.